Hey, what's this? One of Bluto's tricks? I'm on the wrong podcast. It's Harmless Phosphorescence. Everyone, this is your host, Thoreau Smiley, and I ought to busk you right in the mush. Who's joining me this week? I'm Josh Cece, and this is a smorgaborg of violence. I hate the future. I'm Brian Lesh. A barnacle on the dinghy of life. I'm Alaric Weber. <laughs> uh, this is... Get that looked at. <laughs> See a doctor, get it fixed. Yeah. Great bet. Also, dinghy of life is a little... I'm I'm sorry, uh, baritone of the local glum club. I'm Alaric Weber. <laughs> One of the Madison Brothers Square Garden. Uh, this is Harmless Phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We are currently in the midst of the ones we missed or didn't really recognize as superhero movies or... Um, just kind of wanted to stick on the list. Uh, we, we we got caught up with all the ones that they made, except for these few that we maybe, uh, missed along the way. Maybe we can call this the like non-cape crowd, the non-cape movies. Yeah. The, why are we doing this movie? Yeah, there, there are a couple. There are a couple that we just genuinely forget, that I just didn't realize existed that, that are actual full superhero movies. But... Um, uh, um, they are coming up in a few weeks, but uh, yeah, this week and lower stakes. You know, obviously he's not saving the world, which is you know was part of our criteria. Well, he's saving magic, a magic gambling bait. Saving his <laughs> world, a magic gambling baby. <laughs> John Wick Four. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that. that <laughs> that means um, this week on Harmless Phosphorescence, uh, patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. If you'd like to support us, buck week is all you need. We got a lot of bonus content there. Um, but this week on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are watching 1980s Popeye. What am I? I'm Papa, the sailor. And I am what I am, what I am, and I am what I am, and that's all that I am, cause I am what I am. Uh, you got it? I think so, yeah. And I've got a lot of muscle, and I only got one eye, and I've never heard nobody, so I'll never tell a lie. Talk to me, bottoms from the bottoms to me top. That's the way it is, to the day that I drop. Trust only, baby. You're a baby. It says here, right there, right. Robin Williams. <laughs> Shelley Duvall. You're pulling me high. In Popeye. Get away! Olive, Olive, forgive me, Olive. Hey, no! 
Popeye, the Sailor Man, um, yeah. was released December 12, 1980. As a running time of 114 minutes, it cost $20 million, and it made $60 million. So good for Popeye. This wasn't yeah. a summer movie? This was a Christmas time movie? This movie was released one week after Flash Gordon, yes, <laughs> in December 1980. This came out one week after Flash Gordon? Yeah. <laughs> What was happening in Hollywood? Didn't Empire come out this year? Yes, it did. Holy shit, this is terrible. <laughs> well, big buzz, big budget Disney funded musical. You know, yeah. It's, it's not, it's not, yeah, it's I mean, so, that's not crazy. So what Jude related this movie to, which I hadn't thought of, is Speed Racer as being the two most authentic oh. animated um, live action versions of an, an animated yeah movie. I was like, yeah, huh. I can see they that. Went just as deep, yeah, in pursuing the visual thing that they. Ugh, this movie is so bad. <laughs> it, it just is. watching that trailer reminded me of how much I suffered through it. I kind of loved it, but it's not oh, a yeah, good movie. Um, but it's literally. I realized that. There was about 30 minutes left, and literally the first thing in the movie finally happened. Um, it's very like it's a very 70s movie, and I mean, it's Altman. It's a lot of people wandering yeah. around just talking about stuff or singing. Just people wandering around. Singing about stuff. 70s Altman. Was yeah, good. it had that Robert Altman where there's layered dialogue. Um, mm. We were talking about it recently with Noah Baumbach, but, um, you know, MASH was all about that. That's yeah. why he loved that the surgeons could wear masks because he didn't have to sync up ADR could, yeah. and shit like yeah and mm. yeah. So even in this, there's layers. There's people on the street talking that if you don't quite catch it, yeah, he had a style and he maintained his style. The songs, like we said, are very minimalist. They're very almost the same thing over and over. Boom boom. Yeah. Boom boom. I am what I am, or and I mean, I mean, I mean, you know. Yeah, very repetitive, but also, um, I I had completely blanked out that this was all by Nilsson, and he's large. Uh -huh. This is Nilsson and Van and Van Dyke Parks, and Van, yeah, we'll get into that in the production. But yeah. yes, we will. Oh, yeah, it's very Nilssony. Yeah. Yeah, Nelson and Van Dyke Parks, which, yeah, we'll talk about them in a bit. Um, but, yeah, as we said, uh, released December 12th, 1980. Um, it made its budget back times three, which means it was it was profitable. And that means we're going to play the box office top ten game. Now, so normally we would uh, go ahead and play the... Uh, the week that it was released, but this was one week after Flash Gordon that it came out. So, and in the yeah. 1980s, there wasn't a lot of turnover in the theater. So, literally, other than Popeye, every single movie on the list from the previous week was still on the list. Yeah, so, I mean, how many weeks would it take a movie before the box office numbers were even accurate? 
Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, there was, it's not like, yeah. In like the 90s, boat. they started having it computerized and they would literally just like, yeah, no. But in the, the, in the 80s, much like um, music sales, they would just call the different theaters and um, say, uh, so what, how, how much did, <laughs> did the movies make this week? And some old guy sitting there at his like uh, his his uh, uh, adding machine would be like, "Well, <laughs> with his visor." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so what what we're gonna do for the box office top ten this week is we are going to do we're gonna wrestle. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do the last week that Popeye was in the box office top ten, which is January thirty first, nineteen eighty one. That doesn't seem fair to Popeye, but. Huh. Not, when is life ever fair? Not fair to, yeah, yeah, exactly. Drink some Spanish hard, and get over it. Yeah. Hard row to hoe. Yeah, Popeye never hit number one, by the way, guys. It never was the top movie in the country. It was always overshadowed by something. Scrappy. Understandable. Um, specifically one, which uh, was released the same week as it, which, uh, well, we'll get to that one. So, all right, you guys ready to go ahead and play the box office top ten game? I said pew, pew, pew. Yeah, <laughs> and I stand by that. <laughs> We're waiting. All right. At number 10 for the week of, this is January 31st, 1981. All right. I've already forgotten. It doesn't matter. It's like, I, I, know. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember it vividly. Yeah. Um, number 10. Miss Jane Marple comes to solve the mystery when a local woman is poisoned and a visiting movie star seems to have been the intended victim. This is Marple's murder marbles. This is yeah. I didn't know they made Miss Marple movies. They no did. It's, they did. Uh, this stars Angela Lansbury. I wonder if this is what got her murder. She wrote. Ooh, um, maybe. Probably did she really play Miss Marple in multiple films? Hey, if it's a series and it's got Angela Lansbury, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, add it to the list. Hell yeah! This this stars <laughs> a very. Oh my God! This stars an extremely straight cast: Tony Curtis, Rock Hudson, Elizabeth Taylor. It's a supporting wow. cast. Wow! Yeah. Wow! We should do that movie. If, they, if Cher and Liza Minnelli were in it, right? <laughs> would just cover every base. <laughs> um. All right. Let's see. Marple. I've lost my marbles. I've lost my marbles. Uh, this uh, this is and this is uh, Agatha Christie's The Mirror Cracked. Ooh. Yeah, uh, yeah. I never heard of it before, but wow, I'm into it now. Uh, at number nine this week, uh, the life of an athlete whose violence and temper that led him to the top destroyed his life outside of the sporting area in which he performs. Is it Rocky 2? Yeah. No, no, it is boxing though. Oh. Uh, Raging Bull? Raging Bull! Oh. Yes. Scorsese. Yes. Do you know that dude lived in Bisbee until he passed? No, I didn't. Jake LaMotta? Huh. Yeah, that's cool. I hope he beat up some weirdos. I mean, he was pretty punchy uh, by that point in his life. 
to say the least. But he would I hang imagine. out at St. Elmo's, and he was a regular Ramco. That's cool. Um, at number eight this week, The Adventures of a Famous Sailor. Who <laughs> doesn't sail that much? Uh, dust Boot. <laughs> the movie. Actually, the picture behind Thoreau looks like if the, he was in Dust Boot. Uh, uh, is it Popeye? It is Popeye, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do much sailing for a movie, for him being. Really, in the comics either. Yeah. I don't remember him doing much sailing. I mean, cartoons. In cartoons, I know it was a yeah. comic strip, too, but I was. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, him being called a sailor man is really more honorific than anything Yeah, have else. we ever seen him, like, tie a knot, even? <laughs> Bunch of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> or fight Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, this. I think Popeye mostly just had, like, a, a really good <laughs> PR didn't guy. that earnest reaction to my... He got those clothes at the Navy surplus store. That's right. Stolen valor. Stolen valor. <laughs> Popeye the putting Popeye on blast. This is his time has come. It's time to cancel Popeye. Yeah, exactly. Now he's on the wrong side of history. This podcast has now become a gritty takedown of Popeye. Were oh, we able to get the uh the olive interview that everybody's been waiting for? <laughs> He's like, I couldn't stand his temper. There's a lady in every port, he told me. Why is Mouse? Yeah, why, I was both say of it. your impressions. <laughs> 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 oh, Popeye. Oh, no. Why is it always oh, the no. Mr. Tchaikovsky. Oh. <laughs> All right. Oh. At number seven. Like an idiot. At number seven this week. A trucker, his brother, and their pet orangutan have a series of misadventures. Wide <laughs> oh. um, Any which way but loose. No, no. Any which no, way. No, no. It, every which way every you can. Which, any which, every which way but loose. Any, any which, which way, way, which way, you way you That's can. right. That's right. Yes, in the, the original anything or everything everywhere. All at once. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anything, anywhere, sometimes. All with an orangutan. But loose. <laughs> but loose. <laughs> but loose. <laughs> I'm going to cut loose. But loose. But loose. <laughs> Saw an interview with Kevin Bacon that he pays wedding DJs 20 bucks to not play that song. <laughs> because oh, brides yeah. get mad at him. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even think about the brides getting mad at him. Just yeah, because they're like, and and everyone in the room turns to him. And the bride's like, fucking asshole. <laughs> he unzips his suit to reveal a white dress. <laughs> Takes, no, just gets in a nice the with John Lithgow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Happens at every wedding. Uh, at uh, number six this week. A psychophysiologist experiments with drugs in a sensory deprivation tank. Altered in- states. Yes. Damn it. I love this movie. <laughs> love I want to do that Sorry, movie Al. sometime. That movie is oh. amazing. Yeah. It yeah. really is. Yeah. I watched that a lot as a teenager. What I like get for waiting for the to finish? Nothing. 
Never do that. Yeah, um, you lose. <laughs> that was that was before William Hurt installed yeah. the phone that he used to call things in. <laughs> phone things in. Yeah, it was. Well, you know what? Like kissing Austin, the Spider Woman and that, he, and he became a monkey. That's why. In this movie, that's yeah, that's true. Some, somehow he became a monkey. Are we not men? We are Devo. Are we not men? We are William Hurt. Um, <laughs> at number five this week, um, wrongfully accused of a bank robbery, a writer seeks the help of his ex-wife, who is now married to the soon-to-be Attorney General of California. I know it's not, but legal, legal. <laughs> uh, this movie stars Chevy Chase, Goldie Hawn, and Charles Grodin. Oh, is this foul play? No. No. I know this movie, though. This is a Neil Simon joint. Oh. Hmm. Uh, the other apartment. And the, uh, the poster is that... Uh, is that is that like mad magazine style? Was that Sergio? Who was the one that did all? Was it Sergio Ariones? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, they did Grew the Wonder. Yeah, it's, well, but it's like that style, like that that was popular um, in the seventies, eighties. Oh, is it? It's not modern plot problems. Yeah, it's, no, uh, it's I've I've never really heard of this movie, so I don't think anyone's going to get it. It's called Seems Like Old Times. I wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah, but I remember Chevy, that now. Chevy Chase is like, okay, so Goldie Hawn and Charles Grodin are in bed together with like 12 dogs, and Chevy Chase is laying on the floor with the dogs going, <sighs> <laughs> Charles Grodin, leading man. Yeah. So odd. <laughs> I, like, I love him, but. Sex wow. symbol Charles Grodin. <laughs> the 70s were weird. I do want to say he can act with Muppets, man. Up there with uh, <laughs> yeah, he can. up there with uh, um, uh, oh, what's his face, Elliot uh, uh, Gould. Gould, Elliot Gould. Yeah, weird seventies sex symbols. Yeah, there were a few. Um, at number four this week, something. Oh wow. Okay, this is long. I'm gonna read the whole, whole description. <laughs> Something or someone is attacking people one by one on the beach. Some of them are mutilated, but most of them are sucked into the sand, disappearing without a trace. What is the creature responsible? Where does it live? And where did it come from? Is there any chance of it reproducing? Meanwhile, David Huffman and Mariana Hill are once almost married old <laughs> friends, reunited over the death of her mother on the beach and searching for clues in the abandoned buildings where they used to play when they were young. I'm going to guess the beach. <laughs> Meanwhile. Yeah. Is, is Are they triffids? No. no. I, I don't know uh, what they are. Um, beach blanket bingo. Sandy trunks. <laughs> I mean, that's as good as any string bikini Let's, sunscreen. This movie stars, well, David Huffman and Mariana Hill. Those are the stars. Oh, those are those were not those are celebrity names. Those, yeah, those are the people that opened this movie at uh, right, number uh, four. This is this week. a documentary Gritty, film? No. Oh, here is here, the five <laughs> people. This, this is the tagline. It's a horror film. This is tagline. The oh. five people 
yeah, the five people cool. believed to have drowned here never even made it past the sand. <laughs> okay. The sand? Is that what it's called? And the second... really trying to sell this sand is dangerous idea. Yeah. And oh, that... when we were growing up, remember? Quicksand was... Quicksand! Uh, it was everywhere. John Mulaney bit, but yeah, quicksand was a viable fucking I bet threat. you Anakin Skywalker <laughs> watched the same movies that we did. Yeah. Afraid of quicksand. The second tagline is, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water... You can't get to it. <laughs> Whoa, oh my what? Sand, the sand people. It's Sinkhole. Called, it's called Sandy. It's called Blood Beach. Oh, I, that was my next guess. <laughs> Which is, well, January is a crazy time to open a horror movie about a about a beach. <laughs> like a summer or Halloween, people. Come on. Blood Beach is a really bad name for a movie, though. For I mean, I guess it's, yes. it's the 80s, so... Wow, that opened above Popeye. No, no, this is Popeye's, like, 10th week or something. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay, okay, okay. Well, see, yeah. they were warned by the beach conglomerate uh, <laughs> not to open it in the summer so that people would <laughs> not avoid the beach. Big beach. They were pressured by big beach, yeah. <laughs> Why didn't they name it sand? That's such a better... Or beach, because because so was, mad about this. Because it was this is my new time yeah. machine task. Because it was made in 1980, and so you know, cocaine mostly ran Hollywood at that point. Yes, cocaine made Popeye. Absolutely, yes. cocaine yes, made Popeye. Um, at number three this week, a scientist trains a man with an advanced telepathic ability to stop other dangerous telepaths from waging war against non-telepaths. <laughs> this is definitely wow. a movie we've all heard of. Uh, I've seen it. It's been quite a while. It's the first, I don't know if it's the first, it's the first big movie by a very well-known director. Um, Scanners? Scanners, yeah! You got it! Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cronenberg? Cronenberg, Cronenberg's first big breakout. I think he made some smaller films before it, but it was his like first film. That, that would be fun to do. Yeah, because then he got The yeah. Fly. Oh, yeah. God, right. The Fly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should, some we should some Brundle. Cronenberg. Yeah, we should. Especially some, some 80s Cronenberg, especially. Oh, God, The Naked Lunch. I can, I think can of, tell you two things. <laughs> I can think of two things wrong with that title. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> At number two this week, three female employees of a sexist, egotistical line, hypocritical bigot. Nine to five. Boom. You get out of bread, the coffee starts. <laughs> you yeah. get out of bread? You get, you out, get of bread. out of bread. <laughs> when you're out of and bread, the coffee starts. What part of the bread are you? <laughs> that you're it's getting out of it. Immigrant. <laughs> Translating the lyrics back. <laughs> You get out of bread. The coffee starts. Did you guys watch the uh, the amazing nine to five episode of the Orville? No, no. Uh, it became like a, a theme song for uh, Alien Women's Lib, um, and they had the the ship flying around uh, to the theme of nine to five. It was great. Hell yeah! I still yeah. I still think that the Deadpool use of that with him murdering all of those people. 
Yeah. That's one of my favorite nine to five needle drops. Oh, man. That, that movie's that, amazing. It really is. That movie's amazing, and that song did not need to go so hard. Like, damn. Oh, and she probably wrote it in all like the time. 15 seconds, you know. Oh, she wrote like it in on the back of a takes. matchbook. Yeah. No, like, she's even said uh, she would, she tapped her nails on her little, you know, the little director's chair things that you sit on. It's set. And yeah, in between takes, she did the, dun, 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 the, typewriter beat in the beginning and then went to her fucking trailer and wrote the song my my wow. favorite my favorite uh dolly parton story is that she wrote i will always love you and jolene on the same day yes and both of them in like one take like like i don't mean like take but you know what i mean like in one pass she had written yeah. both of those songs yeah i saw i saw um like a gif meme of her from Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, like running in that course, it's just looking fire. And then somebody tweets like, what the fuck did Jolene look like? Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dolly Parton movies. That's a miniseries I want to do. It, okay. They're, they're connected. <laughs> I just, they're straight connected talk. Straight talk. Straight talk. Fuck Get yeah. Straight talk. Best star. Little Whorehouse. Nine to five. Um, That's what James Wood who blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched the Simpsons episode. Uh, yes, a movie. Um, yeah, Dolly Parton, let's do it. Fuck yeah. Um, I can only think of one other one she did, and that was in the 2000s. That was pretty bad. There must be a fourth good one from like the 80s or 90s. Let's do the bad one, too. <laughs> Dolly Parton. The worse the movie, the better the show. Uh, yeah. And at number one this week, this is a movie that opened the same week as Popeye. It's been number one every week since it opened with Popeye. Um, set up. Empire? Nope. No, no. Empire was uh, May of eight, 1980. So Empire's been out almost a year at where, this point. Where is, where is Empire on this list? It's probably not. It's not in the top 10 anymore. Um, it's oh, probably yeah. in the top 20 still, but yeah. Um, at number one, set up and wrongfully accused, two best friends are sent to prison for a crime they didn't commit. However, no prison cell can keep them locked in a cage. Stir crazy. Stir crazy. Awesome. Been number one for like 10 weeks. Yeah. Wow. Tucson. Yeah. Represent. Yeah, that uh, Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder movies. That's another miniseries oh, I'd please. love to Wait. That's a. I don't know of that movie. Stir Crazy? Stir Crazy? Yeah. Sydney Poitier directed it. What? It's it's their biggest team up movie. Yeah. It's what got it rolling. Yeah. It was because I've seen all the other ones. I thought I'd seen all of them. Yeah. Stir Crazy. And Um, Tucson is heavily featured in it. Yeah. Yeah. uh, The Chase Bank downtown is the bank that gets robbed. Really? But then Florence Prison is the prison they filmed. Really? Yeah, Richard Pryor told great stories about it. Just like, like Richard's like, we're in a maximum security prison with some and Gene just walking around like, hey, like, what are you in for? That's awesome. (laughs) Richard like, fucking Gene, dude. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Those, yeah, that. uh, uh, What did they have? Like four, four or five of them? Something like that. Yeah, four of them. Yeah, something. but hear no evil, see no evil is uh, probably my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was their last one? You mean you mean I'm not white? Does Dad know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that yeah. is the box office top ten 
Um, which brings us to the character background. Al. Al, tell us some crazy shit about Popeye. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Or don't. <laughs> no, you, you know, I, I got some... I don't know how, how crazy it is. Uh, there's some crazy stuff in there. We'll see. Okay, so uh, December 19 of 1919. A <laughs> hundred and four years yeah. ago. Whoa. Elsie uh, Chrysler Seagars comic strip, Thimble Theater, debuted in the New York Journal, owned by William Randolph Hearst, who... Also owned King Features Syndicate, which syndicated the strip, Thimble Theater. Uh, we should remember King Features from last week as the original publishers of Flash Gordon, but also of The Phantom and Blondie. The Peanuts, High and Lois, they, yeah, they're still one of the major syndicates. Is this older than Flash Gordon and the Phantom? Yes. This this might be the oldest yes. property As, we do. Yeah. 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 I was gonna say if this is to nineteen nineteen, I can't think yeah. of anything that's What's, older than that. Besides like folk tales. <laughs> they didn't uh, have characters. They just had sticks. Yeah, <laughs> I, well, I'm stick. I, but like like a, a cartoon image that became yeah. a thing, you know. Like, yeah, I guess technically Van Helsing was older, but you know. But he's not a cartoon image. He yeah. became a cartoon image later than this. Yeah. Like Donald Duck is younger than Popeye. Yeah. Yes. Not that we did man. Donald Duck, but like Howard the Duck is kind of a Donald Duck. <laughs> Ducks. Donald, the, duck. the concept of Donald ducks duck. do predate Popeye, though. <laughs> they might predate every character that we've done. Where are Just they, Al? Evolutionarily. Are ducks older than humans? Adonai? Adonai? Yes. Duck fact. Duck facts. Oh man, now um, I've got to go get the. <laughs> I gotta go find. <laughs> gotta get the duck facts. Duck out. facts sound. Damn it. Deep cut. Sorry. Uh, I, I've got it on my phone, but it's not primed up. Uh, Thimble Theater's first main characters were the lanky, long-nosed slacker, Ham Gravy. Uh, that was not his original name. His original name was like Harold Ham Gravy, where Ham Gravy was his last name, and then. Ham Gravy turned into his full name. Somebody his... told someone to make up a name, and they really did. They're like, make up a name, uh, Ham Gravy. It's the first and time anybody ever made up a name. His newsies. His scrappy, headstrong girlfriend, Olive Oil. Initially, a parodic theater theatrical style of comic the strip quickly evolved into a gag a day style comic in the early 20s however in 1922 creator ec Seagar began to engage in lengthier storyline storylines <laughs> often month-long transitioning the strip into a comedy adventure style comic Olive's family saw more appearances at this time, including her parents, Cole and Nana Oil. Uh, not quite as punny, but Cole Oil is, is yes. kind of fun. Kind of a fun name. Uh, but especially her diminutive brother, Castor Oil. Castor, yeah. Thimble Theater generated a modest following in its first decade of publication, 
appearing in over a dozen newspapers and acquiring a Sunday strip as of January 1925. In 1919, everything had a modest following. Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah. there was like 150 people in the country. Yeah, right? yeah people are still figuring out. I can buy a newspaper in the city. <laughs> I can learn to read. <laughs> Popeye first appeared in Thimble Theater on January 17th of 1929 as a minor character. Initially hired by Castro Oil and Ham Gravy to crew a ship for an adventure to a casino island, Popeye was shot several times but survived <laughs> by rubbing the head of a lucky chicken. That seems like a quick left turn. Wow. Popeye was shot. It's very American. Several times. Several times about the But survived Just by rubbing head. the head of a lucky chicken. As you do. After this adventure, Popeye left the strip, but the character proved to be so popular that he return, returned after only five weeks. The Popeye character became so popular that he was given a larger role by the following year. Initially unimpressed with this one-eyed sailor man, Olive Oil would eventually leave Ham Gravy to become Popeye's girlfriend in March of 1930. So, did Popeye? So Popeye survived the shooting by rubbing a chicken, right? Yeah. Yep. It's science, people. Look at that. Does that imbue him with special powers, or is that just a one-time event? So if he gets shot again. He has to rub a chicken. He yeah. he is basically so. yeah. uh, chicken man. Get out of shooting He's the chicken, chicken man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's with the spinach then? Now, I'm sure you'll get to that. Um, let's see. Uh, Olive, now Popeye's girlfriend, however, was often fickle in her feelings towards the sailor. Castor Oil, around 1931, became a detective and bought a ranch out west, subsequently fading from the comic strip. Together, like at the same time, or was he a detective who then got tired of serving on the force? He became Perry Mason. And then retired to the range. It's important now. Well, I don't know. Did he? What happened did, to him? Or, or was he just or was he a mysteries on his ranch? Yeah, was he a ranch? How detective? much crime is on his <laughs> ranch, Castor? Castor Oil Ranch Detective. Like, just figuring out what kind of scat you found. <laughs> Around the same time, in faded one, Jay Wellington Wimpy, the soft spoken, eloquent, yet cowardly hamburger moocher. <laughs> Yeah, Wimpy became a fixture in the Sunday comic in late 1932 and first appeared in the Daily Strip in March of 1933. I so see- was Wimpy our first introduction to that crackhead type behavior right. mentality? Like, hey man, y'all got any more well, than uh, hamburgers? I'll suck your dick. Yeah, the hustle that's more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. I think yes. Wimpy and the Hamburglar should team up. <laughs> no, they should oh, go head to head. Crime speed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like a Moriarty and oh, Holmes yeah. type situation. The Hamburglar's definitely got wimpy though. Oh, for sure. Dude's a real criminal. Yeah, you can heat. tell he by his heat, striped, sure. his black and white striped outfit. <laughs> it's a dead giveaway. And the black mask. Black mask, which he wears yeah, over he's... his hamburger head. 
He's robbing armored hamburger trucks. No, he's he has a person head. Stealing single burgers. The hamburger has a person head. Yeah. 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 Not like red hair. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Who has a hamburger are, head? Are you Mayor well, McCheese? There, there was Mayor McCheese. Mayor McCheese. And That's then there was right. Big Mac, which was expensive. Uh, like what was it? Chief Big Mac. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> He was Jeez. the chief of hamburger police. <laughs> Yo, what McDonald's playland. <laughs> well, there's a criminal, so logic dictates. <laughs> Is it, yeah. In July of 1933, in July of 1933, Popeye received a foundling baby in the mail, whom he adopts and named Sweepy. Did he find it or was it delivered to him? Was he robbing yeah, someone else's true. mailbox? Do I find letters? Right in my yeah, I don't think the federal government likes that either way. <laughs> Bluto the Terrible would appear <laughs> in only one story arc of Thimble Theater in 1932, but would be adapted the following year to be the main antagonist in the theatrical Popeye animated cartoon series. Cartoon Bluto is enamored of olive oil, and often attempts to kidnap her. Bluto's name was changed to Brutus in the 1960 to 1962 Popeye the Sailor cartoons because King Features somehow forgot they owned the rights to the name Bluto. <laughs> uh, they were probably just afraid of the mouse because Bluto was big at the time, would be my guess. No, I don't think no. so. No. Really? They're no. just. <laughs> Too high, uh, because uh, it was uh, uh, it, it was a company owned by Paramount uh, that was doing the the cartoons, and King Features was doing the 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 strip, um, and they just uh, they forgot that they owned the rights instead of I this, say they own this company underneath Paramount. Uh, oh, Fleischer Studios. That's what it was. Um, Fleischer, yes. Fleischer cartoon. Uh, 1936 saw the comic creation of Popeye's father, Poop Deck Pappy. Perfect name. Uh, another character that we saw in this movie, uh, George W. Giesel, a Russian-accented cobbler who harbors a strong dislike for Jay Wellington Wimpy. Oh, that One of his... One of his catchphrases, I hate you to pieces. Was that the, the rabbi looking dude, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that uh, was always coming over for dinner. Um, let's see. Popeye's use of spinach as an energizing agent was used sparingly in the Seagar comics, but would become a mainstay in the cartoons produced by Fleischer Studios. Uh, a poll of adult comic readers in 1937, uh, an issue of Fortune magazine, voted Thimble Theater featuring Popeye as their second favorite comic strip after Little Orphan Annie. Hmm. People were silly for that shit. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> no eyes. Um <laughs> like yeah, dolls, yeah, like, like the, the the early twentieth century was crazy. They're like, we love orphans and sailors. 
Yeah, but you think about it. And Flash Gordons. <laughs> and Gordons. Oh, wait, that was shortly after. Any sort of Gordon, really. Commissioner, um, Flash, whatever you got. The Alpha. Popeye, the Popeye comic strip has continued after E.C. Seagar's death in 1938 under many artists and writers. The strip has... The strip had an official name change from Thimble Theater to Popeye in the 70s. The Daily Strip was canceled in 1992 in favor of reprints, but the Sunday Strip continues to this day, remaining one of the longest comic strips in syndication. Has it been running since 1919 continuously then? Yep. At least that's what the internet tells me. All right. Um, Thank you, Al. Um, Popeye. Um, that brings us to the production of the film. So, this movie, um, much like uh, last week uh, we had to talk about uh, what was it, Dino De Laurentiis, mm-hmm. this week we are going to be talking about Mr. Robert Evans, producer yep. of Popeye. Um, so, uh, this film has its origin in the Broadway musical Annie. So there was a bidding war for Annie, uh, Paramount for whom Robert Evans worked at the time. Lost. You mean little orphan Annie? Little orphan Annie. Yes. Lost that bidding war, uh, to Columbia. And Robert Evans then said, well, what comic strip do we own? And it turns out they owned Popeye, the film rights to Popeye. Hey, what else was popular in 1939? (laughs) And the answer was Popeye. Robert Evans, (laughs) um, God. So if anyone who hasn't seen the kid that kid stays in the picture, watch that. Yeah, it's a it's a cool documentary narrated. By Robert Evans himself. He narrated yeah, his own documentary. Book. Yeah. That's cool. It's, it was his book. It's incredible. And this dude, Robert Evans, yeah. Everyone owes it to themselves to listen to Robert Evans talk about his own life, which includes his murder trial, his trial for smuggling cocaine. Um Whoa. Um, his murder trial, which was um up okay. So uh let's see, Roy Raiden was it um who was a uh his producing partner for the movie The Cotton Club, which was directed mm-hmm. by uh Francis Ford Coppola, was murdered with a gun and dynamite in nineteen eighty-three. <laughs> Robert uh-huh. Evans was not in was was defended by Robert Shapiro, who would later go on to defend OJ. Yes, and uh, he was he was n- not um, he was not uh, convicted or charged with anything. However, in the murder trial of a uh, third party, he did invoke his Fifth Amendment rights multiple times. Uh huh. No, I mean, that's his right. But dynamite? 
dynamite. They blew up. <laughs> JJ Walker killed him. No, yeah. this was Yosemite Sam. Yeah. Oh, my. Yes. Robert Evans was convicted of cocaine trafficking in 1980 during the production of Popeye. Oh, that's beautiful. What well, was he bringing cocaine to or from Malta? Um, it was. You it know was, what I mean? Like, yeah. This was a foreign set. Yeah, possibly from Malta because Malta is an independent nation, right? They are also like a weird spot, like diplomatically, right? Aren't they one of those? Like everyone, Robin Williams, Shelley Duvall, Robert Alt, like some fans of cocaine. Yeah, there's oh, some. Yeah. There was a. There, <laughs> yes. <laughs> People looking for pro sponsorship. Um, Robert Evans' nickname in the industry was Bob Cocaine Evans. And this wow. was in the God. 80s. <laughs> yeah, you really had to do something to stand out. Right. Is that on his tombstone? I I hope so. Um, <laughs> Probably he, on his Wikipedia page. He, he, it is. It, yes, it is on his Wikipedia page. <laughs> yes. Oh, he's, he lived yeah. until 2019, by the way. Um, um, one hell of he, a drug, I guess. He told the Philadelphia Inquirer in a 1994 interview, Bob Cocaine Evans is how I'll be known known to my grave. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Probably. He uh, lost Ali McGraw to Steve McQueen. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was married seven times. Wow. Um, all of them. High on cocaine. Yeah. Well, I mean, all, yeah. All of them died by dynamite. Oh. <laughs> it was an accidental dynamite poisoning. Uh, um, all of them actresses: uh, Sharon Huguenay, Camilla Sparve, Ali McGraw, Phyllis George, Catherine Oxenberg, Leslie Ann Woodward, Victoria White. Um, yeah, Warren. Um, he, uh, his brother Charles Evans, uh, produced Monkey Shines, which we did an episode <laughs> on. Also, cocaine-fueled. Yeah. Well, bro- Robert Evans heralded the Godfather. That's the thing he's most known for. Like, we wouldn't yeah. have it if it wasn't for the fight Yeah, he put up. Which, if you guys haven't seen it on the Paranaut Network, is that original series, The Offer, which mm-hmm. is about the mm-hmm. making of the Godfather. It's The guy who plays Evans is pretty good. So, all right. So His other best-known works being Rosemary's Baby and Chinatown. Chinatown. That's right. Oh, yeah. So he did a lot to get that sort of like new wave. No, new wave is an actual term, but the new uh, like guerrilla filmmakers mm-hmm. of the late seventies stuck up for those dudes. And Popeye. Yeah. So yeah. Rob- well, Robert Altman. Yeah. Yeah. He, he helped to get that Mash. Nobody wanted to buy Mash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Robert Evans hired Jules Pfeffer to write the script. Uh, Jules, I'm sorry, Jules Pfeiffer to write the script. Pfeiffer, yep. cartoonist. Uh, yep. Um, yeah, uh, Jules Pfeiffer uh, won a Pulitzer in '86 for his editorial cartooning. Um, yeah, well, we know him. He was he did Playboy cartoons forever and ever, but yeah. like not the like sex focused type cartoons. Not the like like wife bad cartoons. Right. No, more of the illustration is yeah. it more accurate? Yeah. Um, he, uh, let's see, he also, you know, did, had a fair amount of, uh, screenwriting, um, and playwright credits, uh, including, let me see, including 
the White House murder case. Um, Carnal Knowledge was his yep. script. Um, those are probably the his most well known. Dude won a Pulitzer Prize. Yeah, in 86 yeah. for his cartooning. Editorial cartooning. Um, yeah, so. Uh, and, he, and of course, he, uh, Robert Evans, brought on Robert Altman. There wasn't a lot of uh, jockeying around for the directing of this. Robert Altman, he kind of just went to initially, and Robert Altman said yes. Um, Robert Altman, um, as we talked about, MASH, um, probably, I feel like, to younger people, he's probably most well-known for uh, the player. The player. That's a really cool movie. Yeah. Um, though, of course, you know, Brewster McCloud, Nashville was Nashville. huge. Um, Nashville, uh, we'll come back to when talking about Shelley Duvall. Um, but, oh, and of course, Dr. T and the women. And the women. <laughs> and the women. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Robert Altman the was. various little girls. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Altman was nominated for seven Academy Awards, never won. Um, He's an, he was an asshole. Oh, yeah. Like if, you ever, if you ever saw, I don't know, I've seen him in several documentaries about filmmaking. Just Yes. Robert, Robert Altman, definitely an asshole, as was Robert Evans, which uh, brings us to um, the casting of this film. Originally, Robert Evans wanted Dustin Hoffman to play Popeye. Okay, he wanted Dustin Hoffman to play almost anything and everything. Like, there, even in the kid stays in the picture, there are stories of him fighting for this. I think he was even one of the guys that, like, had suggested him for Superman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm honestly, I don't know if Dustin Hoffman would have possibly done a better job as Popeye. No. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stick up for Robin Williams. Yeah. Yeah. I don't he, know. he nailed it. I mean, he nailed it, but I don't know. I, just to me, I, this movie, again, I hate this movie. <laughs> I love Robin Williams, but God damn. I, no, I don't, I don't think anything would be improved by, by having Dustin Hoffman. Hoffman that's fair. Doing that's the, fair. Uh, when you put it like that, that's fair. Popeye's mostly voice, you know? Um, yeah. I, I was slightly wrong. John Schlesinger was originally the first choice, but wow. when he he turned it down, uh, yeah, for, uh, Midnight Cowboy, John Schlesinger. Yeah. When he turned it down, he went to uh, to uh, Robert Altman. Um, so uh, he wanted Lily Tomlin as Olive Oil. I think that would have worked fine. Um, Shelley Duvall was born to play Olive Oil, but she yeah, was born she to just play, yeah. Looks like it. Lily Tomlin would have been interesting. She I just can't she imagine her doing it. the voice. Yeah. Um. I I was transfixed by Shelley Duvall throughout this film. Like I couldn't look yeah. away. Yeah. She, she was amazing. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. Gilda Radner was the second choice to play okay. Olive Oil. She was advised by her manager Bernie Brillstein, who is a name in and of himself, um, to yeah. not take this role because. You don't, quote, you don't want to spend months on an isolated set with Robert Evans and Robert Altman. Wow. Good advice, uh, Bernie. Wow. Yeah. He seems like he's a good one. Mm -hmm. Oh, like, yeah. You'll make money, he, but 
You won't feel good he about yourself. So he was the manager that signed everyone at SNL because they were all like kids. So they didn't fucking, you know, they didn't have agents really. They would just worked at the National Lampoon radio show. But yeah, so he was the guy that's like, all right, you need representation or Lord Michaels is going to. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he was he was the trusted ear of many. That's cool. Comics that we know of. So good for him. Yeah, because Robert Altman, Redditor. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah, and Robert Evans currently on trial for, for cocaine. <laughs> right. He was more the like creepy saw coming, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the greasy dude at the party. He's not putting his hands on anybody. He's not really he's just like stay away from Bob Evans kind of thing. Robert Altman, it was like I'm sure it was like, do not get stuck with that. Right, game. right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, so um so Kubrick takes a lot of shit for Shelley Duvall and her her mental issues takes, she had. Yeah, most of it for some reason. But but Robert Altman was way more responsible for for uh, Shelley Duvall because um, they worked together for a solid decade, and yeah, then she had discovered a, her. Then she kind of had a humongous breakdown, and Robert Evans was not nice to that lady at any point, really ever. Um, it's fucked up. Uh, Robin Williams referred to the set as Stalig Altman, which, um, wow. yeah, um, anyone who doesn't know, Stalig was a prisoner of war camp during World War II. In Russia. Oh, wow. So a serious mother. <laughs> yeah. So this was not a fun set to be on. This was not the a fun of set. The Mediterranean. So, so when they built this set... And they ran way, way, way over budget. The original budget was $10 million. They went double budget. Um, they built a village. It's huge. Yes. They not it only, still exists. I had to look it up. Ships. It still exists. It yeah. still exists because they not they built the buildings to be working buildings. These were not facades. They are no. actual houses. 365 degrees. Yeah. yeah. So he could, yep. And, Which also shows in this movie. Because of those choices, that yeah, because then they break down buildings at times. And yeah, so, yeah, you can and yeah. and okay. So um, they also the 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 cast and crew lived in these buildings. They they not only shot in them. This is these were their quarters. Yeah, um, that makes I don't know. That makes some kind of financial sense. I guess. absolutely. They're like quickly. We need a hotel built on this island. <laughs> yeah. Additionally, he built a recording studio there so they could record the music on set. And bafflingly, he had them record a lot of the the um, the songs live during uh, during during uh, production during the scenes. We see them singing; they're actually singing a lot they're of the time. Singing. This movie is worse has worse audio voice mixing than Tenet. Mm. It's bad because of that. Um, except for, of course, for Robin Williams, who had to ADR his entire performance because he was completely unintelligible due to having doing his the mumbling kind of style he had and having a corncob pipe in his mouth the whole time. Yeah, because you got to kind of hold that. Um, yeah. The entire performance was ADR'd. Um, 
he, him and Altman really, really got into it because Robin Williams, of course, you know, is kind of improv, guy, like famously the improv guy. Right. He's he's probably had to do more ADR work than most people in Hollywood. I imagine so. He's just so fucking frenetic. It's just like we we can't sync that. You don't even pause for commas. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Altman hated it. He, sure. and they hated each other. Yeah, he thought of himself as an artist supreme. Yeah. Um, our cast, as we said, Robin Williams needs no introduction. He's Robin Williams. I'm not going to go through Robin Williams' filmography, but prior right. to this, um, prior to this, he was um, mostly on Mork and Mindy. This was one of his first big film roles, um, his first big leading film role. Prior to Mor- and let's not forget that Mork debuted on the Happy Days. Yes, Mork and Mindy that's is how, a Happy Days spinoff. Which is how a, far down the whole Happy Days. Which went. is a little. I, mean, I know they invented jumping the shark, but still. What always confused me about that was Mork and Mindy was set in the eighties, and Happy Days was set in the fifties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so did Mork just live for thirty years before moving to Denver and meeting Pam Dauber? That's a great fucking question. I never put that together because Laverne and Shirley seems like you fit in the same, you know, yeah, you Laverne don't even think, you don't think about it. Yeah, 50s. But yeah, you're right. More Committee was totally like a show of its time. Even the, the intro, thing. they were in like a Jeep <laughs> driving through Denver in like the 80s. <laughs> Gary Marshall didn't give a fuck. No, he didn't. Um, And prior to Mork and Mindy, Robin Williams was a mime. <laughs> In New York. Wow. He, he Yeah, in fact, one of his clowning friends, Bill Irwin, is in this, one of the more famous yes. modern clowns of our time. Um he Robin Williams, of course, did attend Juilliard. So Yeah. Um yeah, I mean you don't just and, become a mime on your own. No. And grew up in Go the Bay school. Area. You don't grew fall in into mime. miming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mime in, mime out. The mime life. You gotta get jumped in. The mime life chose me. <laughs> it's like ballet. <laughs> He's for the box. Uh, oh, uh, Bill Irwin was ham gravy. Yeah. Sorry. He's a clown. Maybe he, he ahead would of do us. that. You might. We might remember him from the Don't Worry Be Happy video. Bobby McFerrin. Yeah. Bill Irwin and Robin Williams. But he was the he was the clown that would you know do the walking. He can shrink his body up like he does in this movie a lot. Yeah, yeah. He gets all turtly and then. Yeah, his neck does things a neck should not do. (laughs) Yeah, he's one of the last like clown clown. Mm -hmm. Like was famous for being a clown, not a painted up one, but yeah, the physicality and right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Tumbling and all that. Um, Jack Mercer, who did the original voice of Popeye, did the voice at the beginning with the little uh, intro. Of course, he also did the voice for Felix the Cat. He started on in vaudeville. No Felix spoke. Um, yeah, apparently. Um, Shelley. I Duvall- wonder how old how old that guy was when he did the voiceover for this movie. Uh, he was born in 1910, so he would have been in 70. Oh, wow. Oh, that's okay. Cool. Uh, Shelley Duvall, uh, of course, as Olive Oil. We talked about her in. Uh, on our Patreon episode on The Shining, if you'd like to hear that, buck a month, patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. Um, she was um, 
cast originally in Brewster McCloud. That was her first Altman film. I thought it was Nashville. It was Brewster McCloud um, when she was uh, 19 years old. Um, yeah, Altman. Yeah, she was a, his protege, if you will. Yeah, his. She was a young ingenue, ingenue. that yes, he took that's the word. under his wing and under a lot of other things too, by all accounts. Um. Right. So that's why it's so fucked up. You know, we see like a seven minute clip of Stanley Kubrick trying to get a performance while everyone stands around in six feet of snow and he ruined her. Whereas like Robert Altman, since she was like 18, 17, 18. Yeah. But basically like abused her and like gaslit her and like, yep. you Better know, drugs. Yeah. For, for a solid decade. Um, this Kubrick was, did not do drugs. Yeah, I mean Kubrick he wasn't. Didn't. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, no. Kubrick wasn't Good. nice to her by any means, but you know, that, no, that is a dude yelling at his employee. It's not cool, yeah. but it's like I, I don't think that's the root of her prompt. You know, that was the only film they worked on together. That's the one scene people can think of. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like there wasn't behind-the-scenes footage of all the stuff that Altman did to her. Right. Um, so, yeah, this, uh, let's see. Um, she went straight from The Shining to this, which, oh, my God. Can you imagine going straight from Kubrick to The Shining to Altman's Popeye? Like, no On break. On an island. No yeah, break. no break. Like, oh my God, Shelly Duvall. And then she went from this straight to Time Bandits. <laughs> Another film we did. We've covered all of Shelly Duvall's life now from 1978 yeah. to 1982 on this well, let's show. Do her Mother Goose um, show. That was awesome. Oh, that was great. She, I'm glad she's back. She seems to be doing a little better these days. Yeah, I guess there's a... Some girl that like went and sort of found her. She's not her assistant, but has kind of become her assistant. But like runs this TikTok channel mm. with her and Shelly, and it that's cool. it seems very genuine and very sweet and like engaging. And this person had found her because yeah, she got a bad rap <laughs> in Hollywood. She got dealt a bad hand. Yeah, she did. Um, for no reason. She's she was a good performer. She was great. I love Shelly Duvall. Um, yeah. Uh, Paul L. Smith plays Bluto. Um, uh, let's see. This dude was in Midnight Express. Uh, oh. This dude is not Oliver Reed. No. No. Um, oh, he was in Dune. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. So known as Arrakis. Yeah. And Red Sonja. Those, those are probably his most well-known uh roles um looking through to see if there's anything else big his last role was in 1994's Maverick with uh James Garner and uh Mel Gibson oh, and Jodie Foster yeah. Oh That's right the, the adaptation yeah. the paddleboat gambling movie right Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He, he passed away in 2012 um John Wallace was his singing voice uh he was best known as a uh, uh, backup for uh, Harry Chapin. Um, Paul Dooley as Wimpy. Um, that he was the dad on Sixteen Candles. 
Um, he started at Second City, early Second City. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He. Let's see. Um, oh, he was in Breaking Away. Uh, he was like a. Oh, he was. In He's Street. been in most of the Christopher Guest movies. Yes. Yes. Oh, he was in Little Shop of Horrors. He's like one of those character actors that you're like that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. We've got uh, Ray Winston. Ray. Well, Ray Walston as Poop. Or Deck. Walston. Yeah, as right. Poop Deck Pappy. Uh, my favorite Martian is probably what he's most well known for. Oh, uh, Fast Times at Richmond High. Uh, yep. Um. Oh, he was in The Sting. Um, Paint Your Wagon. With yep. Lee Marvin and Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Musical. <laughs> That's not the same old man that plays God in Dogma, right? For the body of God, John Doe Jersey. It's a different name. Oh, no, that, yeah, Bud Court is oh, from Harold and Maude. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. His, uh, Ray Walston's final role was in, oh, in 2001. Um, after posthumously he filmed it before because he passed away January 1st 2001 oof wow he's all uh, I took the brunt of Y2K for oh no wait 2001 yeah he's like I cannot hang with the Bush administration guys I'm (laughs) out his final uh, posthumous role was in 7th heaven okay yeah (laughs) Like the TV show? No, the TV no, show, yeah. Yeah, the oh. TV show. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, he did a lot of TV. I mean, especially back in the day. Twilight Zone, Dragnet, like all kinds of shit. Well, my favorite Martian, like Thoreau said. It's literally who. Let's see. Richard Libertini as uh, George W. Giesel. Is that the tax man? No, that's not the tax man. Who's George No, Giesel? that was the... As you called him, the rabbi-looking dude. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. All right, Richard. Oh, Richard. Libertini. As you called him, <laughs> anti-he's <laughs> um, the Russian-accented cobbler who has a strong dislike for Jay Wellington Wimpy. Okay, yeah. He was also in Catch Twenty Two, Fletch, both Fletch and Fletch Lives, All of Me, Awakenings. Oh, him. Yeah. He's the dude. Yes. Yeah. Fletch. Totally remember him now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he was in Lethal Weapon 4. Um, <laughs> Dolphin Tail. Okay. Wait, were we talking about Giesel or the tax man? Giesel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, All right, we're going to double check and jump over some of these. Yeah. Uh, tax man was Donald Moffat. Um, and Donald Moffat. Um, ooh, he was, let's see. Oh, he was in The Thing. Huh. Who yes, was, he was definitely in The Thing. Who was he in The Thing? He was like pre-James Cromwell, James he, he Cromwell. He was the older dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, okay. All right. He, I think he looks like James Cromwell. He, he does really look does. like James Cromwell, yeah. Um, He was also in The Right Stuff, <laughs> Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. and <laughs> Oh, nothing, Marge. <laughs> Just a little something. Uh, his final on-screen role was in Law and Order as Judge. <laughs> he didn't get a name. Um. Oh my. Uh, Roberta. Well, Max- the thing he was the station commander. 
Go oh, over okay. Consider. Roberta Maxwell played Nana Oil. Um, she is. Ooh, let's see. Uh, meh. oh, she was in the Changeling, huh. Psycho Three, Philadelphia. Oh, she was in the Postman. <laughs> Ooh, boy. I mean, she uh, hung out around a motto. Um, Donovan Scott as Castor Oil. Um, he was, oh, his first movie was 1941. Oh, I remember him movie? that. No, the movie, 1941, by Steven Spielberg's 1941. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to get uh, who's on first thing. <laughs> um, he's most well known for being in Olivia Newton-John's physical music video. <laughs> oh, the video, not the movie. Yeah, no, physical. Oh, the movie was physical. 10. Yeah. No, it wasn't ten. What was? Anyways. Yeah. Please. Um. All right. Police Academy. Excuse me. What's that? Uh. Police Academy, uh, Cadet Leslie Barbara. Oh, okay. Um, I know I've seen this guy around. Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> Linda Hunt played Mrs. Oxhart. That's, uh... Wait, sorry. Back to the Future Part 3. He was a deputy. Okay, all right. Uh, sorry. Yeah, Linda... That, that, that's a good one. Linda Hunt played Mrs. Oxhart. That's the, uh, wrestler's... Uh, mom. Um, she's uh, she, she was also in Dune. Oh yeah. She yes. Was, yeah. Yes, she was. Um, she's probably she's like the girl that looks like uh the girl the the lady who looks like um the uh the 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 uh, the the designer the the. The superhero oh, from the Incredibles. From the Incredibles, oh, yeah. From the Incredibles. No, that lady, no capes. Yes. That lady, yeah. The no yeah. capes lady yeah. from the Incredibles. Um, this was her first movie. This was oh. her first movie. Yeah. Really? Yep. Wow. She was in a few TV uh, episodes before this. Uh, fame and great performances. Did a lot of stage. She did a ton of stage prior to this. Um. There. Um. Solo, a Star Wars story. She was the voice of Lady Proxima. Yep. The snake. Oh, the big picture. worm. Yeah, the snake mm-hmm. worm lady. Um, Van Dyke Parks was the piano player. And speaking of Van Dyke Parks, that brings us to the music, which was all written by Harry Nilsson. I just want to say Dennis Franz had a bit part as one of the, like, ruffian type dudes ah. he was nypd blue yeah remember him yeah ah, he he plays homer in the sexual harassment right well movie and, about him and and, and <laughs> not with a man in the white house and and klaus klaus vorman who was a good yes. friend of of harry nilsson uh famously designed the revolver cover was yep. uh von schnitzel in this as a um a uh cameo basically yeah um, but yeah, uh, Harry Nilsson, of course, the, the, the point, um, he, uh, oh, he did uh, everybody's talking for, uh, for Midnight Cowboy. Midnight Cowboy. They wouldn't let him sing it. Yeah. Weird. Uh, Nilsson Schmilson. Nilsson Schmilson. A little touch of Schmilson in the night. One of my favorite albums. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the, 
the the coconut song. Yeah, yep. put the lime yep. in the coconut. Um, and and I mean, you know, the point. He was he was uh, good friends with John Lennon. Of course, he was part of the Hollywood Vampires from Lennon's Lost Weekend in the early mid seventies. He produced an album for Lennon. Lennon produced an album for him, and then yeah. of course they collaborated on both. But I just love that. Didn't he famously not perform live? Wasn't that Nilsson's thing? Like he didn't do live shows, really. Yeah, I guess he did performances and stuff, but yeah. didn't tour. Yeah, no, he didn't tour. There's a great documentary about him out there. I, who is I, Harry Nilsson? I follow his daughter on Instagram, and she is uh, always telling interesting stories that she heard as a kid. It's very cool. I I love I love him. Yeah. In- I, Honestly, it's worth checking her out because she's telling like intimate family stories of like having mm-hmm. John Lennon and people around. In 1970, yeah. Harry Nilsson and Randy Newman made an album together, which must be the most like piano 70s dude album of all time. It's not. It's not bad. Yeah. What is it? Nilsson and Newman. Nilsson. Like Nilsson sings Newman. Yeah. Nilsson sings Newman. Yeah. Uh, um, and then of course Van Dyke Parks arranged the. Uh, the uh, uh, soundtrack, the uh, the music for the film. Van Dyke Park's probably best known as um, Brian Wilson's co-collaborator on all of the Smile um, sessions. Yeah, um, but I mean, he has a <laughs> he has a long long list of uh, credits, mostly through the '60s that he worked on. He um, dropped an album in the '90s. I can't remember the name, but it was really good and really popular. We played it at Zia all the time. Hmm. Um, he's an interesting dude. He really, he's almost got like a Truman Capote vibe, but yeah, California. Yeah, he really does. He really like does. Like a dandy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. The Andek Parks was, yeah, was, uh, was, was it one of those, was, you know, a well-known Hollywood homosexual in the 90s, like that kind but of But that's like, not what I meant by dandy. I yeah. meant, you know, sort of linen suits, yeah, you know, yeah. he wore bow ties a lot and Yes. Like a, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just so happens gay men seem to have better styles. <laughs> so like Ian McKellen. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that Gorvidal, Truman Capote, sort of well dressed. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But he was, he was uh, good friends with David Crosby. Um, he was, he hung out with, with all of those LA musicians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, that's about it for the film uh, background guys uh, this film was reviewed by Siskel and Ebert we looked at Flash Gordon earlier and now we have another comic book hero who's also making it big on the big screen Popeye is the new musical comedy by director Robert Altman and one of the most amazing things about the movie is how well Altman is able to capture the universe of a cartoon character without using animation This film is totally true to the spirit of Popeye, and if ever there was a cartoon hero with spirit, it was Popeye. Here he is, played by Robin Williams, defiantly singing his philosophy in the middle of a gambling arcade. Robin Williams, best known for playing Mork for Mork on television, looks just like Popeye there, right down to those realistic muscular forearms Mm -hmm. and the squint, the pipe and everything. But the real star of the show, as far as I'm concerned, is Shelley Duvall as Olive Oil. Duvall is a wonderful actress. She's been in a lot of Altman pictures and she was born to play Olive Oil. Popeye is Robert Altman's first musical comedy, but you can sure tell it's an Altman film. He starts by creating an entire world for his characters to inhabit. Those sets for that fishing village are incredibly detailed, and then he populates that world with countless characters who all seem to have their own 
eccentric personality. So, instead of simply reproducing the comic strip, he really brings it to life. Mm -hmm. And I thought Popeye was a whole lot of fun. I recommend it for the whole family. But that doesn't mean it's a kid's film. Popeye really is for everybody. Well, we can get to that issue of whether it's a kid's film. I happen to think kids are going to be disappointed. But first, mm -hmm. let me say I really agree with you. I think it's a terrific film mm -hmm. for the very reasons that you mentioned. It's a surprising film. Altman does not make normal kinds of pictures. And if people go to see a bunch of punch-outs with Popeye gulping spinach and punching out <laughs> Bluto, they won't find him there. There's really only one big fight scene mm -hmm. between them, mm -hmm. two maybe. Uh, instead, what Altman does is really, as you said, give us the cartoon world. It's amazing to think of what guys who come up with karmic strips really are like and what they're thinking of and that they can imagine this worlds like this. Uh -huh. We get this on film, and it's sort of lightheaded feeling entering this world. It takes a while, there, but we buy it all. It's marvelous. There's another element here that I like, too, and that's the warmth in this film, especially in the relationship, oddly enough, uh, between Popeye and Olive Oil yes. and Little Sweet Pea. There's a lot of tenderness and affection and kind of quiet humor in those scenes that you wouldn't necessarily expect in a Popeye no, I movie. think the film comes alive just in those moments, uh -huh. uh, but especially between Popeye, who's searching for his father, right. finds the little baby, becomes uh -huh. protective of the little baby. Mm -hmm. Little baby is Altman's uh, grandchild, yeah, I believe. Yeah. And the little baby is marvelous. I mean, it, it, it's mm -hmm. a soft kind of Popeye film, sweet. I don't know if kids uh, looking for punch-outs are going to enjoy it, but I certainly did. Big recommendation. Well, for me, too. Okay. They were so close, Brian, to saying realism. Yeah, uh, I was just almost right there. I was holding. Um, they got it. They understood. They did. They liked it a lot. They liked the ultimateness yeah. of it. Um, yeah, I'm surprised. I was really expecting them to split. I love the way that Jesus talks like a man who's never met a child in his life. <laughs> oh, God. I don't think he But has. then he's always talking about what they like and what they don't like. You know, if you're a kid going to see a punch out, so, like what kid is like, let's see the musical Popeye, mom. I'm looking for punch outs. <laughs> I'm looking for punch outs. <laughs> I'm looking for punch outs. I'm on the troll. You ready to jump into the movie itself? I suppose we should. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Um, blow me down. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, here we go. Sorry, there's a five cent podcast tax throw. <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't even. This is Popeye. We open on Popeye. Well, first we open on the cartoon Popeye claiming to be in the wrong movie. Then we uh, open on the small coastal town of Sweet Haven. So basically... I realized my childhood memory of this movie is so weird. Um, basically, three things happen. Popeye arrives. They find a baby. Bluto steals the baby. <laughs> End movie. Oh, what? There's a horse race. There's a boxing <laughs> match. No, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of. There's a I lot mean, of incidents. I'm just talking plot wise. Oh, OK. Fair enough. I suppose. All of the other events don't line up as as neatly as they could to roll into <laughs> the following need, They events. needed to introduce sort of like a nuclear threat. Well, no, no, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. No, yeah, no. Bluto's got to run like a, like a uprising or something. Right. He has to yeah. stop. And There's an he, engagement party. That's like a nuclear threat. Yeah. That's true. There's an engagement party. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I sure. love how meandering and, and um, directionless the film is. I mean, it's Altman, but... I would say it's one of his least rambling and directionless. 
Uh, I think. I no, agreed. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> There's an A, B, and C here. I don't know. Maybe I'm <laughs> not thinking enough. So about it. Well, okay. Oh, and and apparently it's just very meandering. It's so long. This movie should have been ninety minutes long, or <laughs> thirty minutes long. It should have been a cartoon. This is an hour and fifty-three, right? Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, hour fifty-three. No, and and by all accounts, I forgot to mention this. By all accounts, um, uh, what uh, Robert Evans kept insisting is that it stay true to the comic origin and ignore all of the cartoon continuity and cartoon things. He wanted original, pure, uncut Popeye. <laughs> Let's get back to basics here. Put it in my fucking veins. Oh. One character that I missed was the Jeep. The little magical. He was almost like a great gazoo type oh, character. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Jeep, uh, Jeep. Look like a, a baby giraffe. Or a kind little king. He had a long. I have a stuffed animal that I got out of a crane machine, claw machine. Once <laughs> it's in the other room, but yeah, I liked that character. He had magical qualities. <laughs> so uh, Robert Evans is a liar. <laughs> so all right. So uh, yeah, um, we open on Sweet Haven. They sing a song about it being Sweet Haven. Sweet, Sweet Haven. <laughs> they open with the uh, Hey Jude chord with the big whatever. Uh, whatever the instrumentation that they're using, it's the same instrumentation as Hey Jude. It was very like mm. at, at the na when the na with like the horns and the strings and stuff. It's like almost the same. Yeah, there were a few numbers like, that reminded me of different songs, and then I would stop and think and realize that the songs they reminded me of came out after. <laughs> so yeah. mm. I I kind of love like the, food. The food song. There's a, a Rufus Wainwright song oh yeah called oh what a world yeah yeah very yeah yeah no no i i mean the soundtrack it's 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 ari nilsen the soundtrack there's nothing really wrong with the soundtrack and it, it's interesting as shit to listen to it's interesting yeah like yeah. food Everything yeah. is food. Everything is food. That so it's confusing. That's a like trippy everything is song. food? Everything? So, I, mean, I mean that's it, our motivation, I suppose. Eat a little flake of plutonium. There's a lot of calories in it, you know? Anything <laughs> is food. Or is it like a it's a dog eat dog sort of? Everything yeah. is food. I yeah. don't get that. I don't well, get that. What is in those cheeseburgers? I mean, I get it. But. Especially so oh, especially since <laughs> thematically yeah, the cows. Thematically in the film itself, it's they're literally just going to eat breakfast. <laughs> like, yeah. So, oh uh, yeah. Papa. Uh, I, I think maybe the intent was, uh, all we care about is food. Mm. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. All yeah. you need is food. That's how I feel. It is so half-hearted. This song, it's definitely written by someone high on cocaine. Well, a, a lot of the songs are just kind of saying the same thing over again. The yes. like you mentioned, Brian, the the sound mix is so weird and low and. But lovely. yeah, a lot of minimalist, repetitive. I mean, I mean, I am what I am. And there's nothing wrong with that, honestly. I think that works. No, but. At a certain point, it stops working. You know what I mean? Where you get like, how long? Like, I really loved Shelley Duvall's song about Ludo. Yeah, he's long. That yes. one, 
really worked for me. She that just keeps my... coming back around to it. And also it's funny because she's talking about him being large and uh, 2023. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a little different. Yeah. Um, size queen Shelly Duvall. Um, <laughs> anyways, just every other but time right. that they would do the rep- repetition thing, I was just like, this is like minute three of us saying the same thing. This song opened. There was never a musical number. No. Yeah. Which is interesting because normally, especially if you build a set like that, you'd think there would be like a laugh in type sort of like people well, opening shutters and And by all accounts, like this is because of, of Annie. They wanted to make a comic strip musical. And Annie is like all musical numbers, just like it's a hard knock life. Like, and it slaps. I'm sorry. Oh, Annie fuck, kicks yeah. fucking oh, ass. <laughs> seriously. Holy oh, movie. Shit. Annie's a movie I want to do at some point. But, well, uh, and, I love it. And the, the non-musical moments in Annie are segues. Yes. Yeah. Whereas this is like the music is not a segue. It's just happening. Um. No. It, yeah. It's happens. as if it's as if actors decided to sing background music. Yeah. It, this is too far not a musical a musical to have this much music in. I think that Robert Altman did not want to make a musical. No, like I, 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 I think he probably hit, like I said, based on interviews and how highfalutin he considered himself. So I'm sure he tried to make it as least a musical as possible. Um because yeah. I'll bet in, in his cocaine addled brain, Robert Evans saw like a big like Busby Berkeley type musical. Oh, absolutely. Dun, dun, dun. It, <laughs> I think that would have been infinitely better to have this be musical driven and have brighter colors and all this at least shit one popping in on number, screen. At like, least one I, I big th- number. I think Robert Altman was probably the wrong person to make this film. I think but, so. Yeah. I think it needed a little bit more of a sense of humor. Absolutely. It should and it should have culminated in a song. Mm. It should have culminated in some sort of like get fucking, I don't know, share to write a song for this movie and get right. it to chart and have that. Be <laughs> but the you're thing. right. Like the heroes, the big over. ship battle at the end should have been a musical number. But then, like you could tell Robert Altman was hearing right of the Valkyries in his mind. He's like, this is, <laughs> this is my apocalypse. Right. <laughs> now seen on the river. Yeah. Instead, it was just the same eight bars playing over and over and over again as my favorite Martian complains about children. Yeah. Well, and Shelly Duvall going, Oh, 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 no. There's no stakes in that. What do you mean you're falling behind? So, okay. The the, the one, talking about the music, the one musical number that has had a life beyond the film is He Needs Me. Oh. Well... Let's not forget about the Popeye rat. That has definitely outlived this film. My name is Popeye and I'm here to say I love Fruity Pebbles in a major way. So as soon as he meets me started, Jude was like, oh, I know this from TikTok. Yeah. So fair enough, Jude. It's not your fault. Yeah. It's not I his love fault. watching Zoomers discover the world. It's so adorable. I didn't. I never thought in that context till I reached a certain age. Yeah. This existed oh, just before like, I found it. Can you it on believe the this movie? I'm like, oh man, you gotta see Porky's kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. People saying you can make blazing saddles these days. <laughs> let's talk let's talk about Porky's. God. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't want to talk about Porky's. I just I don't. I just no. rewatched that um it's probably just another I just Porky's rewatched baby. the skiing episode of Always Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> where they go to the, the 
the mountain and they're doing an 80s movie and it's like so i'm gonna put yeah, my penis through, i'm gonna put my penis through this hole in the wall because it's a prank they're like how is that a prank <laughs> trust me yeah no it'll be hilarious because they don't want me to do it they don't want to see my penis and i'm gonna make them look at it <laughs> So many 80 movies. Uh, so, all right. So Popeye arrives. We've discovered he's looking for his missing dad. I liked the bit with the frame that just <laughs> has the words written on it. Me, Papa. Yeah. And then later on, we see me, son. Yeah. Uh, uh, he meets the tax man. Tax uh, man. It's one for you, 19 for me. Um, we get the blow me down number. Um, which it seems like a preamble to I am what I am a little bit. I think bit. so. Yeah. Um, you are Brian muted, here. Brian. The The musical theme is kind of just that that stupid rhythm. Like, that's the thing that ties all of these musical pieces together. Sorry, I'm still hung up on the music. Yeah, no, it's just dun, 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 dun. You know, which is very Nilsony. Yeah. You know, think yeah. of Gotta Get Up. Boom, boom, Gotta Get Up. Yeah, no, the repetitive, like, yeah. But you're right. But then, like, most of them, except for, like, food, but they're all very um, solisiptic. I fucked up that word. But they're all, like, I am. I'm mean. Um, he's mine. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So a lot of songs just, like, here's my point of view. I think Robin, Robert <laughs> Altman was, like, just tamp this shit down. <laughs> just like a minute of him saying who he is. And then we're Here's out. my point of view. Sorry, that just made me... What? <laughs> Here's my point of view. Just that every character. Here's my point of view. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I won't show or tell you, but I will sing that shit I'll sing to it. you right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, there's famously not an I want song in it. Not famously, but there's pointedly not an I want song in it. Oh. Yeah, right, like a whole new world type yeah. moment. Yeah. The closest is um All yeah, of, the, at the end. Well, the song that Popeye. like you said, the the hit, the, the oh, He loves me. He needs he me. Loves, he needs me. Or he needs me, yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, no, like there's no like like I'm Popeye and I'm looking for my dad. I just want to find my dad. <laughs> yeah, the songs don't yeah, you're right. Because, like you said, orphan Annie, a hard knock life that that shows us life in the orphanage. Like that seals up the orphan aspect of that character. Yeah. There's not really a song that that sums up the sailorness yeah. of Popeye. Why is Popeye to just put a bow on that? Because his for, dad. Yeah. But, but we don't. But that he's been get traveling song. the oceans in a dinghy, looking for his dad. Yeah. Yeah. He's rowboating around the, <laughs> the ocean. Is that why his arms are so recommended. He's just not been rowing the oceans? That's, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because famous. So I would point out he is in I no point a, a sailor man. He is a rowing man. Yeah. <laughs> no sails. So, all right. Um, he rents a room at the oil family boarding house. We meet Olive Oil. The oils are uh, marrying off Olive to Captain Bluto, who seems to be in charge of the place for uh, in the stead of the mysterious Commodore. Who Olive is mad about her ugly hats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Olive's mad about a lot of stuff. 
And she has, you know, she has like Nixon level paranoia. Like people are doing it to her. They're sending her fucked up hats. They're telling, they're sending the baby. Yeah. Well, and the father. She's very paranoid. Oh, you owe, an apology. you owe me an apology. Yeah. I, I see where she gets it from. What is with the dad? I hope the mom poisons him at some point. He seems <laughs> terrible. Cold oil. Uh, yeah. So um, they have dinner. Popeye doesn't really get any. Um, and then Bluto orders everyone to bed at nine o'clock. Um, okay, so I guess Olive broke the bed. Uh, so yeah, Popeye couldn't sleep in it, but I love that he hung a hammock yeah. over the bed to sleep in. It would have been even cuter if they didn't even break the bed, but that's just how he, you know. Because he's on a boat that's right, yeah. Yeah. just used to sleeping that way. Yeah. But but yeah, that was a cute little touch. Um, the next morning, everything is food. Uh, Popeye goes to breakfast and gets in a fight with some bullies. He wins. Um, it's a hamburger breakfast? It is. Okay. It's a I've, hamburger I've, breakfast. <laughs> it's a hamburger Josh, breakfast for us. I think Josh said it earlier. Where are the cows? <laughs> Where's I have a lot of questions about it's the horses that lose the race. I have a lot of unanswered questions about Sweet Haven, and I am going to save them for the end. Sweet Haven <laughs> is a sea village. Why are they not? Nobody eats fish. Yeah. Why aren't no they Krabby fish. Patties? It's all hamburgers. Yeah. Good point. But yeah, he's trying to have an earnest conversation with somebody, and people are just laughing at his pronunciation. Which I have some questions about that too. What is that? And his malaprops. It's just funny. It's, oh well, yeah. yeah, of course it is. It's it's a cartoon from the 1920s. No, no, I wasn't saying that to counter your statement. I was just thinking, you know, like you'd get a, a venerable disease. <laughs> yeah, Things like that. Uh, so uh, later that night, the oils hold an engagement party for Olive and Bluto. He is large. Um, while getting ready, Olive realizes that she does not want to marry Bluto, secretly packs and sneaks out. Yeah, I like how low-key that was. I, I remember even as a kid, I like the way she's like sort of slyly packing the bag. It's just neat uh, choreography. And I love how her ladies in waiting, <laughs> how they just hate Bluto. They're just like, he's fucking ugly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, they're they're making fun of Bluto while she's sneaked out on him. Mm-hmm. But she's sticking, you know. He's, but, well, he's but large. Yeah, he's, he's hung like an art museum. <laughs> so at least that. And he's mine. I, mine. I I was confused by the dynamic of her sneaking out and all of these women being like, "He's terrible," and her feeling the need to sneak out just didn't seem like it made a ton of sense. But. I mean, I think they were like... That's a juxtaposition, Brian. (laughs) It's a... Yeah. Yeah, see? Uh, Two things... Three things happen. They're singing what she's thinking. Uh, It's a mind song. You know. It's a mind song. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And and her and Popeye, when they they can sail by just touching his finger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he doesn't. Need I mean, a boat. I believe she doesn't like Pluto, but I think it's more that she doesn't want to get married. 
I think it's one of those small town girl kind of. Well, she's not in love songs. with Pluto. Like, it's clearly for the money. No, she's and not. For the for for the you know what the they status. get. Yeah, yeah. She's being pushed by her family. I understand. And the the other girls are more like, yeah, he sucks, but then you'll be rich. Uh, yep. So uh, Olive leaves. Bluto gets increasingly impatient <laughs> and angry. Olive- the the flower thing always stuck with me as a kid. Yeah. The, she loves me. She loves me not. She'll marry me. She won't marry me. <laughs> the way Caster and, tricks him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and crushing ham gravy. Yes. Uh, when he gets to the <laughs> she won't marry me pedal. Yeah. Um, Olive runs into Popeye, who left the party after not being uh, very welcomed. Olive and, Pop- and and this was this was uh, one of Shelley Duvall's like finest olive oil moments. The the walking in several spinning. different directions, the spinning around. Her the, boots. Yeah. Her boots are cartoon her boots. Yeah. Her yes. boots are cartoon boots. Those are cartoon accurate. But yeah, the way in the cartoons, her legs would intertwine twirl, like yeah. a, scr- a spring. Yeah, twirl. Yeah. Um, she nailed it. Oh fucking a! I think so. Did Robin Williams? Yeah. Same. I, Actually, I, don't, I think every I, I, but they, Paul Dooley did a great wimpy. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. I, I think. I'll, yeah. No. Lido. Absolutely. Um, Olive and Popeye find an abandoned baby in a basket. Well, they don't find it. It gets the old switcheroo happens with the basket. Was that the boxer's wife? I don't know. I'm one of it's my unanswered questions right? is who the is the boxer? This didn't lady? have a wife. The boxer had a mother. Oh, the boxer's mother. Uh, but I don't think so. Oh, that's a no. more complicated. It's just some just, random, just random lady who says she'll come back in twenty five years. Yeah, yeah, once it's raised, <laughs> like <laughs> I'll take, I'll take over for you. This is the halfway point of the film. This is an right. hour in. <laughs> okay, is is this the call to action? You now have a baby, so you there is no it call brings to action. them together. It brings the them because they probably would not have been in such proximity so much if it weren't for sweet pea so yeah i mean it's a device but do you know what i mean because up until this point there was no indication that there would be a love story between popeye and olive oil yeah unlikely parents yeah yeah i did love how much popeye was the mutter he was i'm not the baby's dad i'm the baby's mutter yeah, that and was... I want him to be a man infant, not yeah. a baby infant. Yeah. And later on, he says, oh, "I can't believe that I, 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 I uh, drove her away. A boy needs a fodder. She could have been his fodder." Yeah, <laughs> he's very maternal. Yeah, he lo- yeah. he loves Sweet Pea. He doesn't even want her holding him too low. Yeah, um, Popeye and Olive name name him Sweet Pea. Um, and then they return to the oil's house. Bluto gets mad at this, and he destroys... Actually, I'm sorry. Popeye names him Sweet Pea for yeah. Sweet Haven and Little Pea. He, he sarcastically says, like, what did you want me to name him? Baby oil? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> we got a Roasted. Runner. Yeah. <laughs> got him. Uh, Bluto destroys the oil's house and beats up Popeye. Um, the next I love the the seeing red bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because that was done practically. They didn't put a red filter over everything. They just made everything red. No, everything was practical. Like 
<laughs> when we're seeing the octopus fly in the air, like a second, a, a beat goes by, and I'm like, oh yeah, they just threw something. <laughs> I'm just so used to CGI and shit. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that's just it. They, they just catapulted a plastic yeah. octopus. <laughs> just launched that octopus. Rubber, probably rubber, not not plastic. Yeah, anyway. they were all coked to the gills. Well, like, all right, load the octopus cannon. Apparently, filming the end. Oh yeah, so uh, filming the end was a humongous pain in the ass because the octopus True. was a mechanical thing, like the like Bruce from Jaws, that yeah. they had so much trouble with. And at a certain point, Paramount, once they were ten million dollars over budget, Paramount cut them off and said no. Come back and edit what you have. You are not filming a second more. Good for them. I'm glad this movie. Yeah, it's too much of it already. Uh, I could have used an extra ten minutes of Popeye <laughs> <laughs> of him or of like oh, just this movie. Just the back him, him kicking ass at the end should have gone on a tiny bit more because it was such a build up to him getting the spinach. You know. Like, yeah. Like in the cartoon, he would just like pick Bluto up and spin him around and all kind. Of, he didn't even actually. He gave him one punch, I think. Yeah, it, it was mo- his strength was mostly focused on the octopus. <laughs> so in in the cartoons, which they uh, kept referring to as the octopussy. By yeah, the by. I think Pappy's fucked an octopus. Oh, fuck in the that. cartoons, Bluto uh, notoriously had a glass jaw. Um, mm. He he was big and tough, but. One punch would often take him down. It's true. The harder they, the bigger they smell. <laughs> the bigger they fall, the <laughs> they harder. They gather no the, moss. The harder they get. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, then a traveling. You're doing something right. Yeah. Uh, the next morning, uh, Bl- we discover Bluto has uh, put imposed a lot of taxes on the oils. Um, Olive and Popeye bond over sweet pea for a bit. <laughs> on the oils. <laughs> the oil. <laughs> the oil. <laughs> Occidental petroleum. <laughs> yeah. Too many tariffs on these oils. Uh, uh, then a traveling boxer comes to town. Castor, oil, Olive's brother, decides to fight him to win the prize money to help his family's tax debt. Ox blood, oh, yeah. ox heart. That's his name. Butterbean. This is the dude um, that was the uh, the the giant in Time Bandits. Oh, the third Time Bandit. Yeah. Wow. There were some Time Bandits in Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. It's Time Bandits all the way down. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> You've been saying it all along. <laughs> I, I, I'm, just, I, I, I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm very excited to see the 35th thing that Taika Waititi is currently making, which is supposedly a Time Bandits. <laughs> I'm ready streaming for that, show. That's, that is a perfect thing for him to make. It is, but the dude needs to do one thing at a time. He's got like seven. Settled up. Yeah. <laughs> Rita Ora, you got all these kids. Yeah, he's a busy person. He really is, which is why Thor Love and Thunder. Which was like the was seventh a little thing rushed. he was doing. It was like I don't know. I can't look that direction right now. Just just act. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, Castor gets beaten up pretty bad. So Popeye jumps in the ring to help. He wins the fight and the prize. Uh, uh, apparently, this was a fight to the death. I guess so. Oh, yeah. Shit. Uh, the rules were explained to Castor. There are no rules. First man who is dead loses. 
So I guess Popeye so killed octagon. that man. Popeye killed the boxer, I guess, then. The Sweet Haven Octagon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was the prize was 10 days tax-free <laughs> and $15. Yeah. yeah, 10 days tax-free. Uh, um, that... $15 is a lot of money in uh, Sweet Haven. Yeah, yeah, especially in 80. And, well, I... <laughs> I Their also major have, export was Kansas spinach. Yeah, I also have some questions about when this movie is set. When and where. Uh, so that night, Popeye and Olive bond a little more over Sweet Pea. They give each other a little bit of the eyes. They might be falling for each other. <laughs> the eyes? There's three eyes in play. <laughs> that is true. The next, He's got me eye. <laughs> the next day, Popeye and Olive Oil discover that Sweet Pea can predict the future. Carolyn. Yeah, he gives a little whistle when he hears the correct answer to a question. <laughs> it's like a trained horse. Yeah. Stamp. How many times? Either said yes or he wanted an apple. <laughs> Wimpy sees this and uh, asks Popeye and Olive to take Sweepy for a walk. He actually takes him to the horse races. Which, the fake horse races. Yes, the fake yeah. horse races, which people bet on, which seems like not a good idea because clearly that's being controlled by Pluto. <laughs> Everything in the town is rigged, so you got to get your kicks where you can. I guess um, once they find out all, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he wins. He wins two games. Olive, Popeye, and the family go to find Wimpy and Sweet Pea. But when they see the winnings, the Oil family decides to keep betting. Popeye is not happy, and we discover at this point that he is indeed what he is. Yeah, uh, everybody gets like fucking dollar signs in their eyes right away. Everybody's all what? This is the first time that we see Popeye start to get actually mad. Because in the diner or in the rest, you know, he's he's been pushed to his annoyance. Yeah. But this is like, where's my kid? He gets yeah. all mama bear. It's listing my car. I guess I didn't see that growth of his character throughout the movie because he gets stepped on when he arrives at the oil's house. And that was true to the cartoons, even that you know he he turned the other cheek. In fact, his famous line was, uh, you know, I've had all I can stands and I can't stands no more. Yeah. He always got pushed to a breaking point. Yeah. Yeah. Popeye, like, Popeye is, he, you know, he's got a little bit of Jesus, a little bit of Gandhi. Well, he embraced the FAFO uh, yeah, lifestyle. He did. <laughs> Walk uh, around and find out. That's what Popeye Popeye and God are both famous for their lines. I am what I am. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the Popeye beginning and the Popeye end. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, let's see. Popeye he's, is what he is. He takes Sweepy and leaves. Bluto has noticed all of this and pulls Wimpy into his office. Uh, Popeye moves in under the piers. Yeah, he moves out of the oils. Because he's got a hammock for himself and, and, and Sweepy. Yeah, goes to live on the docks. Uh, 
the tax man comes by and Popeye throws him into the sea. The town rejoices and celebrates. And during this, Wimpy kidnaps Sweet Pea and takes him to Blue <laughs> That's Dog. how you abolish taxes. <laughs> so just throw IRS agents into the sea. Yeah. That's how you beat an audit. Also, like, the tax guy wasn't that tough. Anyone could have thrown him into the sea at any point, <laughs> yeah, I feel like. He yeah, just well, had I to always, push him down a ramp. I always felt like the laws were larger than the person, but I guess not. Just Juice, push that guy down. Uh, Juice <laughs> question was, what is that ramp for? Because when ships come to unload fish, the ramp would go from the sea to the land, not Damn. from the land to the sea. To roll barrels onto. <laughs> uh, that That's to... To load all the hamburgers onto the boat. <laughs> That's true. That's their main export. Is hamburgers. Hamburgers. You know, seaside towns famous for producing beef. <laughs> Not just seaside towns, island towns. Yeah. Tiny right. island so, towns. Rocky. A Maltese burger is the delicacy in the Mediterranean. <laughs> yeah. A Maltese burger. Uh, Philip Marlowe ministry. <laughs> <laughs> Blue. Uh, let's see. Uh, later that evening, Olive checks in on Popeye. She overhears him being sad about Sweepy, and uh, she sings, "He needs me." Um, the, it was used really, really well in Punch Drunk Love. I thought it really was. That's where I heard that song. That makes sense. Yeah. I was wondering where in pop culture it had popped up again. Yeah. Um, so after after this, it was Punch Drunk Love and now apparently TikTok. Um, <laughs> I mean, everything's got its moment on TikTok. At this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Of course. The yeah. nature of loops. I'm sure on TikTok, it's like double speed. Yeah. You need me, he need me, he need me, he need me. <laughs> Flash the titties. <laughs> Trap version. Yeah, I like that version, Josh. Yo, he need me. Stop. He need me, he need me, he need me. He need me, he need me, he need me. me. I could hear Ice Spice on it. Yeah. Uh, and the Chinese steal your information. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Newsflash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Before TikTok, they were minding their own biz. <laughs> I mean, what foreign government doesn't own my information at this point? Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's not shady, but I mean, I mean, it's not new. So, so somebody's somebody's taking my information. I, it, would I They're rather spying on us with balloons? Would I rather Zucker? <laughs> yeah. Is is the, are the Chinese worse than Zuckerberg or Musk? I I honestly don't know. I don't know. Really no, no. My my private information is public domain by now. Yeah. Um, well, I just want to remind everyone that the technology is made in China. <laughs> so let's go all the way back. Yeah. Uh, uh, just TikTok. All of this coming from inside your phone. Right. Well, they might have infiltrated my iPhone. <laughs> they put it together, you dumb motherfucker. Uh, Bluto takes Sweet Pea to the Commodore. I'm sorry, that's a joke I heard. Like, and then the iPhone was so simple to make, even a child could do it. <laughs> oh, uh, Bluto takes Sweepy to the Commodore. He decides Sweepy is indeed a brick house uh, and wants to use the baby to find hidden treasure. Uh, uh, Popeye wrote a, a letter to Sweepy. And put it in a baby bottle and threw it into the sea. That's right. 
roll it down the ramp into the bay. So, yeah. <laughs> so, the appar- apparently the Commodore told Bluto there was a hidden treasure, and Bluto wants to use Sweet Pea to find it. Well, because it's later revealed that it's just Pappy's, like, hope chest or whatever like right. it's his shit so uh, he wanted bluto but bluto thought maybe it was um gold yeah but yeah. That, he wanted bluto to get it for him but apparently the commodore pretended it was lost be- for bluto because bluto's telling Sunken the commodore the that he wants to use the kid to find i don't know so um the <laughs> commodore is clearly popeye's dad <laughs> despite his protestations he doesn't want to help Bluto. Um, next morning, Wimpy tells Popeye about the kidnapping. Um, and uh, him and uh, Olive Oil and Wimpy tell Popeye that the Commodore is his dad. Popeye goes to the Commodore's ship. <laughs> oh, brick. <laughs> Am I just getting your you Commodore's just got that. You just got it. I thought it just went down badly. <laughs> No, just... Oh, I missed it too. Yeah, okay. I thought it just didn't go over well. All right. Um, Do you think these guys know the Commodores? <laughs> so uh, Popeye, yeah, goes to the Commodore's ship. He learns that the Commodore, uh, who was tied up by Bluto, is indeed his dad, Poop Deck Pappy. Uh, also my nickname around the house for entirely different reasons. Um, what bulgy arms? What squinky eye? Yeah, he's just a salty sea dog, just a fucking grumpy ass. I I was We up- got the same pipe. You can't inherit a pipe. Inherit a pipe. <laughs> I was upset that when he said we got the same squinky eye, that poop deck pappy said, um, what squinky eye? Instead of I don't see it. <laughs> so that would have been um, no pun on there. Uh so he finally He was so gravelly and salty that most of my life I thought he was Burgess Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> My memory had said that. Um, yeah, uh, he. Uh, most of my life, I thought he was Lynn Vieira. Um, that's <laughs> that's a deep cut just for me and Josh. I think. Um, <laughs> I doubt we have any Aravaca listeners who would also get it. Um, yeah. So uh, he, uh, yeah, he finally poop deck. Pappy finally accepts that Popeye. Admits that Popeye is his son after exposing his hatred of spinach. Meanwhile, Bluto kidnaps Olive Oil, sets sail with her and Sweet Pea to find the buried treasure. Popeye, Pappy, Wimpy, and the Oil family get on Pappy's ship to chase Bluto down. They go to an island, which is just a little bit out into the bay. It really wasn't that far. A cove. I'd call it a cove. Yeah. It's a scab island. Some people call it a sling blade. I call it both. Oh, I want to say, yeah, that's why um, Sweet Haven had real Pirates of the Caribbean vibes, I thought. Like, mm-hmm. it just felt like manufactured and everyone was kind of like <laughs> just being a character. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Not the movie, the ride itself. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it didn't seem yeah. like there was any depth. Even though it was a practical city, they building. actually built a whole Did you town. Mean that pun? Yeah. yeah, there wasn't enough Johnny depth, you'd say. <laughs> so they catch up with Bluto, Popeye, and him fight, but Bluto's <laughs> winning. Papa, Pappy, 
gets his treasure. It's a bunch of sentimental items from when Popeye was a baby, including some spinach. The octopus awakens and attacks olive oil. The octopus's name is Salty Sam. He had a name. I had no idea he was baptized. Yeah, that's a good Christian name. Uh. Uh, Poop Deck Pappy uh, repeats the phrase haul ass uh, several times. Um, and as Pappy's boat is sinking, uh, Popeye jumps off and shouts, She it. Huh. Does he say she or ship? I, yeah. No. Uh, she it. Huh. Wow. He jumps so into the a, water. I did not realize. There was a curse word. Yeah. I heard but it. That's how they got their PG rating. Huh. <laughs> like we can't give you a G just because there's cocaine on this movie, like right. on the strip. <laughs> yeah. Uh so uh Pappy saves Sweet Pea. Um Popeye is in a chokehold from Bluto, and Pappy throws a can of spinach. Bluto force feeds it to Popeye, thinking he's he's getting one over on him. But it in fact Powers Popeye's Popeye powers, and he beats up Bluto and Salty Sam. Popeye celebrates by singing a little song about being a sailor man. And considering we're recording this on Easter Sunday, there's a scene where he dances on water. (laughs) I mean, that's what happens here at the end. That is true. And Bluto swims away, having turned literally yellow. I love that, too. Just like the scene read. The cartoony. Yeah. And that's it. Roll credits on Popeye. Oh, there was... Sorry. There there was a book inside the treasure chest. uh, How to Raise an Orphink. Yeah. Page one. Feed it spinach. (laughs) So, Popeye's Papa Poop Deck Peter Piper Papa Pooper. Happy. um, Happy Pooper. Happy poop Happy deck. Pooper. Sorry, I'm trying to trying to remember. Pooper, it uh, does that mean that he's not Popeye's biological father? Did if Popeye it was also how to raise an orphan was the name of the book. Yeah, why? Yeah. Unless he. Oh, so just like Sweet Pea. Yeah. Yeah. But they they are very. No, no, because his his mom died. That's why he was an orphan because his mom um, died. His mom and died. His dad abandoned. Tried to leave him with yeah, and then dad was like, "Get out of here." Yeah. But then, in a lot of toxic father son relationships, it's the grandson that brings them yeah yep. together again. Yeah. <laughs> um, unanswered. <laughs> I'm not saying that wasn't we're, under. We're there's no the yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> Let's not give it that much credit. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Um, unanswered questions. No. Do you have any? <laughs> I've got... Mine are all strangely enough about the socioeconomic status of the town of Sweet Haven. <laughs> what its GDP is. <laughs> What's this? Is Where is this? Is this its own country? Does the Commodore rule over it as, like, the leader of a country? Because they don't use dollars, they use simoleons. Is this a so, pirate village? Is that what this yeah. is supposed to be? So, like you said, they don't tell us what time period it's in. But all the but taxes it, are in cents. Dollars and cents. 
Well, I think it's only use sense, right? Is Popeye that... has, and Popeye, when he first lands, he's got money from all different places because he's a sailor man. Yeah. So he's got a oh, gilder. Oh, yeah, he's got a gilder. He's got a, a, um, a red set. Yeah. 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 So, anyways, but I think that, yes, it's a little tiny island, seaside cove village run by this dude that. Commodore. And it is not under it's not I don't it doesn't belong so. to another country. It's its own thing. I think it's a it, it's a it's a place out of time. Mm. I'll, yeah, definitely that. Yeah. It's a place out of geography. Yeah. That as well. Yeah. So is is Popeye like a merchant marine? He obviously does not crew a ship full time. He is a No, but he man. he mentions before the party he changes into his dress blues. So that indicates yeah. some official naviness. Whereas I think we were talking recently, I believe Donald Duck was a merchant marine. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sergeant, was, Sergeant Duck was a merchant yeah. marine. I think that Popeye was in the Navy. <laughs> yeah. And point. I guess just returned from war or something. Or in everybody. a Navy. Because again, yeah. we don't, you know, I guess we can't say he's I mean, in the United States Navy. Having been created in 1919, I imagine he was. Probably a World War One vet that returned home. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. I just, it's hard to place him because he does no sailing. <laughs> well, he knows. Yeah, rowing, but yeah, you know. Well, but it's like his first time back on shore mm. for however many years. But every time, you we know. can maybe surmise that he's been discharged and now he's just looking for his dad. Yeah. Oh, and when yeah. he gets off the ship originally, he's very wobbly because he still has his sea legs. As his sea legs, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was a medical discharge for those gigantic tumors in his arms. <laughs> 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 Go get treatment. Yeah. At this special island. I like that they did what they did in the cartoons all the time, where he uses his um, pipe as a periscope. Yes. And it looks ar- around. Yeah. They did Spinning that a lot. Constantly. <laughs> where it was a multi use pipe. <laughs> I think that this movie really suffered from just too much realism. The, like thinking of the corncob pipe, it was doing all of the cartoon things, You're, but it was a yeah, real corncob pipe. That's a good pipe. way it, to put it. It should have been the size of a baseball, you know, like the color of the interior of each house should have been right. And we should have known, like, I, oh, we're back in that blue right. house or something. And I think that know? that was Robert Altman's like petulance, like just well, yeah. like, and, and like wanting- no, I'm going to make it a real. Movie. Yeah, it's and wanting real people and wanting to do the music on set and stuff. It's that stupid Robert Altman like maison scene thing he likes to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. High art shit. And you're right. It suffered from too much realism. There should have been more magic realism. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It needed to be less realistic. It needed. I think it needed to have the music to be a little more driving of a force in it. At least this one is- or two numbers. So to to the music, to the lack or to less realism, at some point when he's fighting, uh, what was his name? Ox Bones, Blood, Ox Blood. Ox Blood, Ox Heart. Ox Heart. There we go. Um, <laughs> he says, birds, you're seeing the little birds. I think at some point oh, yeah, they intended to paint them in. Mm. Which, if there had been elements of animation over the top of this, that might have made this movie actually cool you know like a who framed roger rabbit kind of idea you know so some animated little birdies flying around yeah yeah 
having him visual, yeah. I get, you know, I, I know that seems like a, it's a, that's a big jump from what we got, but like, I could see that really making this movie more fun or, or for little children. And yeah, Robert Altman does not make fun. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like I said, I love the player. It's not fun. That's not no, fun. It's Nashville's not fun. fun. Nashville's a drag. It's an interesting film, but fuck. Yeah, no, he does not do fun. Fun. At all. Purposefully. Yeah. So, um. W- was it not fun seeing Huey Lewis's penis? <laughs> <laughs> In shortcuts. Wait. Oh, I got the news. What, what movie did I watch? <laughs> <laughs> I know for a second that's where. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in shortcuts, you do see the little Huey. Baby you see, Huey, if you, you see, will. You see the news. <laughs> that's what I, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, all right. That's it, guys, unless you have any final thoughts. Oh. So, eat your spinach, I guess. Yeah. Or don't. <laughs> I mean, it has some iron. Um, yeah. So that. I don't know. Good night, Irene. Yeah, he does say goodnight, Irene. I love that. Uh, that is, uh, that's it for Popeye. Um, next week, in our continuing list of superhero adjacent films that we may have missed, or we are going to be doing Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, Sheena. Tanya Roberts. Yes, she is from a comic book origin. She has superpowers. She's made it to the second tier of the list. <laughs> Sheena, 1984. Um, it's, uh, should be fun. It has 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> All right, everyone. So thanks for hanging out with us on Harmless Phosphorescence. This has been your host, Throw Smiley, and you and me are going to be together again soon, huh? 30 years ain't that long. Oh, Reservoir. I'm Josh CC. I hate the past. I'm Brian Lesh. <laughs> Sweeter than a melon tree. I'm Alaric Weber. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>